Happy New Year! Hi friends, welcome to another episode of the Lucky Few Podcast, where we are shifting the narrative by shouting the worth of people with Down Syndrome. This is Micah, and today we are re-releasing an amazing interview we had with Charlotte Woodward, who is a self-advocate with Down Syndrome, as well as Bart Devon and Christy Sellers who are all working tirelessly to transform laws around organ transplant discrimination against people with disabilities. This is a replay of episode 160, Organ Transplant Discrimination Against People with Disabilities. We hope you enjoy this very special throwback episode, and we hope you are having a lovely new year. Thanks for joining us, friends. Welcome to the Lucky Few Podcast. Absolutely. All right. So here we go. We're going to get into these episodes or into these interviews. Again, we're talking about organ transplant discrimination. Our first interview is Micah talking to the brilliant Charlotte Woodward. Friends, Charlotte is one of those people that we are so thankful is in this world. She is she is what we call a world changer. She's a woman with Down syndrome who is leading the way on Capitol Hill right now to undo organ transplant discrimination. And Bart Devon, who's the senior director of public policy at the National Down Syndrome Society. And then we're going to talk to Christy Sellers, who is a, lucky, a fellow lucky mama. She's also advocating and working to end organ transplant discrimination. Um, she's got a really powerful story. So, so much knowledge here and goodness and information packed into this episode. Let's get to it. Okay, let's do it, guys. All right, friends, I am here with Charlotte and Bart. Charlotte Woodward is the Community Outreach Associate for the National Down Syndrome Society and is currently working to receive a degree in sociology from George Mason University. She also has an entire bill named after her, which we'll get to. We also have Bart Devon here, and he is the Senior Director of Public Policy for the National Down Syndrome Society. So welcome to the show, Charlotte and Bart. Thank you so much for having us. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much. Well, we're so excited to talk to you guys. We feel like the work that the two of you are doing is just amazing. And I want to start with you, Charlotte. Our listeners are always excited to hear about adults, especially with Down syndrome, who are doing incredible things with their lives, and you are one of them. So I'm hoping that you'll tell us just a little bit about what your daily life looks like. We know you're a student. Correct. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about what your life as a student is like, and then what you also do for the National Down Syndrome Society. Well, as a student, I take uh, college classes, which are geared towards not just my overall degree of sociology, but also ones that are of interest to me. Like I have taken uh, globalization. I am in the middle of taking history of baseball. <laughs> cool. 
etc. And what it is that I do for the National Down Syndrome Society, I really just am trying to raise awareness uh, that uh, people with Down Syndrome deserve to to uh, deserve to live to, uh, to uh, uh, live live life and happiness and liberty and just really driving home the message. Uh, don't see us based on our Down syndrome diagnosis. Uh, see us for our abilities. Yes, I love that, Charlotte. Will you, before we go on and talk more about what you do with NDSS, would you just tell us about why you became interested in sociology and what your dreams are to do with that degree? Uh, sure. Uh, my dreams for that degree, I would say being a, a sociologist, like uh, writing books on sociology theory and uh, 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 concepts and uh, uh, tying them in with with uh, the realities for the overall disability community, which includes uh, uh, human and civil rights for those with Down syndrome. That's great. So your interest in in sociology also interacts with what you're doing already as an advocate Correct. for yourself and others. That's really cool. Um, Bart, I have a question for you. Sure. I'm wondering about what your role at NDSS is and, and how you're working with organ transplant discrimination. Sure, so thank you again for having us. Um, my, my title at NDSS is Senior Director of Public Policy. Um, so my role uh, involves overseeing all the advocacy efforts um, that go through the organization. So that's federal and state and grassroots um, and um, in, in Congress but, and state legislatures, um, but also at the executive agencies like uh, the Department of Health and Human Services, Department of Ed, Labor, et cetera. So, you know, my, my day, well, it depends what day of the week it is, but it could look like any number of different things. Um, it could be, you know, writing a comment in response to a request for information from the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services. Could be going to the Hill with Charlotte to advocate uh, for support for her bill, or working with um, some of the people on my team um, on the, the other things that we're doing. Um, we're, we're working in a lot of different spaces. Cool. And how did you get into Down syndrome advocacy? Advocacy, Bart. Sure. Um, so. I've been working in disability advocacy for, um, I'm trying to think how many years now, um, going back to probably about 20, say 13, 14, somewhere in there. So I, I'm a little bit of an outlier um, in the advocacy community, uh, in the disability sphere, um, because my, my connection is not based on any one specific person. You know, as I'm sure you know, a lot of people in the field either are a self-advocate or has a very close family member or a close personal friend. Um, I got in um, 
sort of through my my, my previous work. So b- before before law school, I was a I was a teacher. I was a middle school teacher. I was a middle school Latin teacher of all things, <laughs> um, which I which I kind of fell into. Um, I, I didn't I didn't go to school for it, um, so I didn't have any you know pre service teaching um, training or anything. Um, so it was my my third year teaching um, in just outside of Boston. I'm, I grew up in Boston. Um, at, you know, and I started to become aware of, frankly, what a what a lousy job I was doing um, working mm-hmm. with my my students with disabilities because I didn't have any training. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know what I was doing, um, and I didn't know how much I didn't know at the time. And as I, you know, started to become aware um, of all of it, um, you know, I, I kind of naturally gravitated towards uh, going to law school to figure out what all of the laws that were governing. My, my daily life without my knowledge uh, were, um, and that sent me down down a path. Um, but I, I view everything that I do at NDSS as, as civil rights work first. So that's, yes. that's, that's sort of my way in. I love that. Well, Charlotte, we would love to know a little bit, you know, we, we've told our listeners a little about your experience needing heart surgery when you were younger, but will you tell us about that experience and how that has affected your life journey and you becoming an advocate for so many other people with disabilities who need heart surgeries? Well, when I was born, not only was I diagnosed with Down syndrome, I was also diagnosed with a congenital heart disorder of which I had to have four open heart surgeries, three when I was a baby, one when I was 10 years old, as I grew, my heart needed more help. And that was because my heart couldn't keep up with the rest of my body, uh, during which I would have fainting spells, during which I would collapse. Mm. And, and it was, and it was like, uh, once I got into uh, Northern Virginia Community College, uh, uh, that was when my adopters decided that I would be a good candidate for a heart transplant. And, and it, it, it was really quite uh, scary uh, for me. I, I bet. haven't had one uh, uh, before. And I didn't know what it was going to be like, and and uh, I was also scared that if uh, if uh, uh, somehow the transplant sh- uh, uh, surgery uh, uh, was bungled or something, I might lose my life. So mm-hmm. I was more scared about that. Um, uh, luckily, though, uh, my my family and my doctors. Uh, uh, comprised a great uh, uh, support network for me, and and I had my uh, transplant on January thirtieth, two thousand twelve. However, and I want to point out that if I didn't, if I hadn't had that uh, 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 transplantation, I I I would have died. And another thing I want to point out is that. Uh, the doctors could have easily just flat out denied me an, an organ, mm-hmm. uh, which is 
an all too common practice that uh, we are seeing right now in society. And it was later when, when I was hired at the National Down Syndrome Society, when I became aware of this discrimination that I decided to, uh, to, to uh, divert my, my uh, uh, initial anger that I felt uh, th uh, through advocacy. And we know where uh, that led me to 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 not just being to, to not just having my name be the namesake of the bill called the Charlotte Woodward Organ Transplant Discrimination Prevention Act, but also a lobbyist. Well, well done, Charlotte, and well done for NDSS for hiring you because that was a smart move on their part. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate your articulation and your passion and that, and you're right. Like it's, if you hadn't gotten that surgery, um, we would be missing having you in this world and you are doing so much goodness for all of our kids with Down syndrome and other people with disabilities. Mm -hmm. And we're so grateful for you. So I just wanted to say that. And I would love to hear more about the Charlotte Woodward Organ Transplant Discrimination Prevent Prevention Act. It's a mouthful, y'all. And that's a very long title. <laughs> it is. It's good though. I I'm glad your name's in it, Charlotte. Oh, thank you. This act it is an act that would prevent a person's disability from being the sole reason they would be denied an organ transplant. And we know that this is not a thing of the past. This is happening where people with disabilities are being denied transplants. And we know a story, the story of Zion Sarmiento in Florida just last fall when he wasn't able to get the transplant he needed. So we want to know about how, why and how this bill began and kind of start to tell us about what the process has been like in bringing that to Congress. So either one of you, Bart or Charlotte. Um, I guess I'll go. Um, okay. So I, I will say, um, so the bill actually predates my time at NDSS. It doesn't predate Charlotte's time. Um, so the, the bill was first introduced at the very, very tail end of the previous Congress. Um, so that was December of 20. So it was December of 2020, the bill was first introduced. Um, and then, you know, because the Congress ended a couple of weeks later, it, it naturally died. Um, and then it was reintroduced at the top of the current Congress, the 117th Congress, in, it was February of 2021, which somehow is last year now. Um, <laughs> um, um, and it was introduced um, um, by um, uh, representatives uh, Herrera Butler and, and Porter um, to House Energy and Commerce uh, Committee, um, where, where it's been, where it, where it is, where it, it's still okay. uh, garnering support right now. Um, 
so, you know, fast forward to, like you, you said, summertime, fall, um, and, um, you know, the story of baby Zion, mm-hmm. um, you know, came into the, the public view, um, at which point, um, you know, um, I think largely um, thanks to, to your podcast um, and also just the, you know, the incredible grace of the Sarmento family, um, you know, people started to become more aware that Charlottesville was was already existed to to prevent situations like this from happening, um, and so uh, you know we we reached out to the family to you know offer our condolences, um, and like I said, they had they were just incredibly gracious um, with us in in the face of horrible tragedy, um, and you know they they allowed us to share their story as part of our advocacy for the bill, and we're, we're still in touch with them, and um, you know they're incredibly supportive, and so we we really owe them. Uh, just an unpayable debt um so um you know so now we're in about october of last year 2021 Mm -hmm. um and um you know we we reached out to uh well we were we had been in contact with the house sponsors um but you know we we were we knew that we wanted to have a senate bill introduced um and so uh, charlotte and i reached out to senator rubio and senator hassan um, uh, Senator Rubio, largely because you know, of the, the Florida connection to, right. to Baby Zion. Um, and, you know, between um, that first Facebook post where we, we shared Zion's story and the introduction of the Senate bill on December 2nd, six weeks to the day. Um, so, you know, there's been a real story of, of momentum here and support from the public. Um, and I, I will say, um, you know, Charlotte mentioned earlier that, that, you know, she's also a lobbyist now. Charlotte has has been and continues to be our strongest advocate for this. Um, she had so many meetings on the Hill in the past couple of months that I legally had to had to register her as a lobbyist just just to be legally compliant. Nice. Um, and so you know I, I I'll, I'll let Charlotte uh, you know I won't speak for Charlotte. Charlotte speak for herself. Um, Charlotte, you want to share anything about about how the the Hill meetings have been going or uh, any uh, of the advocacy pieces? Uh, sure. Yes. Uh- well, uh, uh, the uh, Hill meetings went well. I, I, I basically was doing what I'm doing now, like uh, I, I'm talking about uh, the bills we have and sharing my story and the uh, technical pieces of the bill. I let Anna Fedora and uh, Bart uh, do the talking about. Yeah. So you're sharing, you're sharing your story and that I think is probably the most powerful part. Mm-hmm. Well, one thing that I always appreciate, um, I love going to the Hill with Charlotte cause I don't really have to do very much. You know, she, she's, she's being <laughs> kind and saying that I get into the technicalities more than she does. She does a lot of it, <laughs> um, before I ever open my mouth. Um, and I, I will say, um, you know, that I think Charlotte's, um, knowledge of, of sociology and her bent towards social justice um, uh, and intersectionality, it, it plays a huge role because I, like, truthfully, I, I can't speak about disability justice the way Charlotte can. Uh, of course I can. Um, so, you know, I think that really enhances the meetings um, and I, I'm, I just love it. I love going to the Hill with Charlotte. Charlotte, do you get intimidated meeting with all those big time Congress people? Uh, no, I don't think so. Yeah. 
you're just there for it. Oh yeah. Nice. Nice. So when you go into those rooms, what's it like? Is everybody very serious and is it kind of intimidating? Uh, not necessarily. I, I think the uh, good thing is that all, well, I, I wouldn't say all, all the bills, but some of the legislation as, as that we have are bipartisan, and I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, it uh, it uh, uh, really helps move progress along. Of course, when it comes to a marriage access for people with special abilities act and the transformation into competitive integrated employment act, uh, those subjects tend to be a little controversial. And I'm trying to find the way to uh, 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 smooth that out. Okay. So you're working on those bills as well, Charlotte? I am, yes. Okay. Cool. I love that. I'm so glad you're out there doing it. So I know that there, our listeners are always looking for ways to be involved in these sort of social justice issues. You know, most of our listeners are parents or caregivers or even just people who are related to people with disabilities, especially Down syndrome. And they really care about stuff like this, but sometimes it's hard to know what to do or how to support it. So Charlotte, what can our listeners do to help support getting these bills passed, especially your bill? Well, I would probably say uh, to go to the NDSS website and and uh, check out what we have on the advocacy, like 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 for instance, um, educate yourself on the uh, issues at hand and as well as uh, sign up for our action alerts and things like that. Okay. So action alerts, that's something I haven't signed up for. And that's something I could do where I could give my phone number and I could get texts when it's time when they need some supporters to call in or text their congressperson. Correct. Is that right? Yeah. Okay, cool. I'll do that. And listeners out there, you guys go do that too. We'll put a link in our show notes of how to go and sign up for that. Can you guys tell us about what what the major barriers seem to be for getting it passed right now? I will uh, take this question part if that's okay. Absolutely, of course. So uh, first and foremost, I would like to say it's more um, it is more a case of uh, uh, personal biases as well as uh, low expectations uh, as well as institutional prejudice and discrimination mm-hmm. as, as well as uh, low expectations. I think I said that, I'm not sure. Um, uh, but anyway, it's uh, those things that uh, tend to be uh, are the main major barriers that that are in play. I mean, it's more out of uh, fear and and ignorance mm-hmm. that they're uh, that they're uh, 
doing these practices of discrimination out of. And the reason why is that they are not informed mm-hmm. about the lived experiences that people with Down syndrome and those with other disability conditions have. And I want to be able to to uh, work on more educational things to, to help them uh, look beyond their uh, personal bubble and uh, use the uh, sociological imagination to a- acknowledge and understand other uh, the, uh, 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 people with Down syndromes uh, lived experiences. Man, I, yeah. I, I think, well, let me, there's a couple of things I want to say back, Charlotte. I love all this. I feel like use your sociological imagination should be like put on a t-shirt or something. Mm -hmm. It's so good. Okay. Also, (laughs) I want to say that, you know, we talk a lot here about how ignorance is there because people don't know another person with Down syndrome Mm -hmm. and how so much of what we want to do, whether it's through this podcast or through other forms of advocacy is introduce the world to people with Down syndrome so that maybe they're not, you know, in your inner circle or you said your bubble, but if you, if you're seeing someone with Down syndrome over social media or you're or you're a congressperson and you're getting to meet with someone like you, Charlotte, there's, there's so many, or even if it's seeing it, you know, on TV or models or whatever it is, it's so important for, for breaking down those prejudices because when people come to know other people with disabilities, it's not so scary. It's not so other. And all of a sudden you see your shared humanity. Mm-hmm. And I love that. I'm, I'm grateful for the way that you guys are doing this work. Keep thinking of that phrase. <laughs> what was the sociological imagination? <laughs> That's good stuff. Um, I uh, should mention uh, that where I got that term, the sociological imagination, is uh, is from a sociologist named uh, a C. A C. Wright Mills that I learned of through my uh, sociology classes. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for introducing us to somebody new. Yeah, uh, I'll just add. Um, yeah. Again, like, what, what am I supposed I to know. say? After? Sorry. Yeah. Go, yeah. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, we, so, like, we, we really have not been finding much opposition to the bill. Um, like, the, the problem that we see a lot of is just, again, like, like Charlotte said, this kind of anachronistic, historical like systemic bias right it's mm-hmm. um like people don't know that this is happening um and so when we show up to the hill and we say did you know that people with disabilities and charlotte's bill is not limited to, to down syndrome or idd it's all mm-hmm. disabilities um you know like did you know that that people with disabilities are getting organs you know the same way that people without disabilities do? nobody knows um, and as soon as we we tell them, um, and they're incredibly receptive to Charlotte's message, um, you know, I think this is the reason we've been seeing so much momentum over the past couple mm. of months, and we, why we've picked up, you know, another, God, since since October, or something like 
maybe a dozen new sponsors in the House, got the introduction of the Senate bill. Um, you know, we, we've we've um, gotten support from external organizations. Uh, and we were at, I think, nine, now we're 16. I mean, like, there, there really is momentum behind this. And it's because the message is so right and it's being delivered by the right person. And that's Charlotte. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Is there anything else that you guys want to add? Anything else that you think our listeners should know? We're going to send them over to links to read the bell. Um, and we would love to keep them updated with how it's going. But Charlotte, is there more that you think our listeners need to know? Well, the only thing I can think of is uh, uh, write or call your legislators and uh, uh, tell them that on no uncertain terms to, to a co-sponsor the uh, uh, Senate Bill uh, uh, 3301. Uh, version of the Charlotte Woodward Organ Transplant Discrimination Prevention Act, as well as to get it passed. All right. Sounds good. You guys heard it. Call your uh, senator. Yeah. And I'll just add, so all the information about the bill is on our website, which will be, I guess you'll share the link, um, yes, but that's got, it's got the list of all the state laws. So there are, there are 30 states currently that have, that have passed uh, kind of a state analog to Charlotte's bill over the course of the past five, 10 years. Um, okay. um, and it's got our action alert on, so that all you got to do is put in your, your, your name and it'll help you find your member, your members of Congress so for both house and Senate. Um, so you can, you can write them very easily. Um, and also in the list of orgs that support the bill at the bottom. Um, and the other thing that I want to I want to mention is this this really is a, a community driven effort. Um, again, the, the reason that we've seen the momentum is because because of the outpouring from the community, and that's very important. Um, and you know, in the same way that I said, people on the Hill and you know um, members of Congress um, don't know that this is happening. I also think that people in the disability community don't know that it happens. Um, and so, you know, it's, I think it's important for members of the community to talk to each other about this and, and spread the word um, because, you know, we, we've been very deliberate um, in the bill to make sure that there's a big education piece to it, right? So it's, this is, this is not a situation where we're trying to make an enemy out of the healthcare system because, you know, none of this will ever go right without the healthcare system. Mm -hmm. um, and so it really needs to be a collaborative effort. Um, so, so, you know, talk to each other, talk to your doctor, see if they know, right? Um, spread, spread the word broadly uh, because that's how we're gonna, you know, get to the bottom of this problem is by making sure that more people understand the rights that they have under the ADA, under 504, under uh, Section 1557 of, of the Affordable Care Act, um, and Charlotte's bill just builds on top of those protections. Um, it's this, this is not about reinventing the wheel. This is making sure people understand um, the right way to do things um, going forward. So it's collaborative and it's a positive thing. And it's also an issue of interstate uh, commerce too, as we know that our uh, uh, state bill, the, the non-discrimination in organ transplantation, uh, doesn't necessarily uh, 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 gives uh, uh, discretion to 
uh, uh, two uh, states that have transplant centers, uh, and 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 if people move to other uh, states. Uh, uh, there's always going to be uh, uh, the question is, am I going to be covered? Right. Um, uh, uh, when they do move. Yeah, Charlotte is 100% correct. Um, so, you know, we, we do support the state bills because we want protections to exist, but ultimately we, we do think this is a case for the exact reason Charlotte said, where we think a federal law makes more sense yeah. um, because there aren't transplant centers in every state period. So people are traveling across state lines to access organs. The organs are moving across state lines mm -hmm. to get to the transplant centers. And so in the interest of overall health equity um, and just predictability mm -hmm. in the system, um, you know, it's, it, we, we really think that uh, a federal law is, a federal floor is, is the right, uh, right way to go about this. So yeah, thank you, Charlotte, <laughs> for bringing that up. Yeah, that's great. That's really helpful for helping us understand too. So, um, well, we just appreciate you guys so much. Uh, listeners, we're going to make sure that we keep all of y'all updated on, on how Bart and Charlotte's work is going. And hopefully when this bill passes, you guys, we can have you back on. Does that sound like a plan? Sounds right. great to me. Sounds good. All right. Love it. Well, thanks so much for taking time to chat with us and helping us understand what we can do. And... I know that all you listeners are going to jump over right now and write your congressperson and make this happen. So thanks again, Bart and Charlotte. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. Bye. All right, friends, I'm here with Christy Sellers. She is a mother of seven, including her four adopted children with Down syndrome. And you heard me right, you guys seven kiddos. Um, she has worked for the past year on a bill for her state legislation to protect people with disabilities from being discriminated against when needing an organ transplant. So today we are going to chat all about it. I'm excited and I can't wait to learn more. Welcome to the Lucky Few podcast, Christy. Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm so I'm feeling blessed to be able to chat with you this morning. Um, so would you please introduce yourself and your family to everyone? Sure. I'm Christy Sellers, obviously. My husband and I have been married for um, almost 24 years. We actually have seven kids. What? Uh, <laughs> I know. We have oh three goodness. biological kiddos that are um, 20, 15, and 13. And then we have four adopted kiddos that all have Down syndrome, and they are 10, 9, 9, and 4. Oh, my goodness. So we have a busy Seven. house. <laughs> yes, I love that. That's so fun. Now, can you tell us about Glory Law and how that has just kind of opened a whole conversation and also sent you on a mission, really? Right. So... Um, Glory's Law is named after my youngest daughter, Glory. We brought her home from Bulgaria, actually, in January of 2020, just before the world shut down. Um, she has got a lot of health issues. She's got chronic lung issues. She has um, what's called Tetralogy of Fallot, which is a pretty 
rare heart defect that affects all four chambers of the heart. And um, she's had two open heart surgeries so far and will likely have another in the next three years. And then again, as her body grows, she's got, she's deaf. She has um, uh, lots of stuff with her immune system. She's just got a lot of stuff going on. Yes, sweet girl. Um, <laughs> yes, yes, poor thing. She's a fighter. And I found out, I'd actually heard online of a story of a little baby that had not been given a transplant or given an organ solely due to the fact that they had Down syndrome. And that broke my heart. It mm. scared me. It made me angry. <clears throat> so I started doing some research in our state. I live in New Mexico and um, got connected with a friend that was doing some politics and um, working with some politicians. And I'm like, we cannot have this here in New Mexico. I don't want my kids to be in a place where they're not safe if they right. needed an organ. Right. So um, I contacted a state senator and asked him to carry the bill for me in the state legislation this, this year, 2022. And so we wrote up what's now Glory's Law. And um, one of our biggest hurdles was getting it into the legislation to begin with because it was a short session here in New Mexico. So we had to get it, we had to get the governor to put it on her agenda because typically it's just a budget financial short session and they only do financial things. So we rallied all the people we knew here in New Mexico and said, guys, get on the phone, call the governor, tell them we want to see this law. And um, within 24 hours, she put it on her agenda and said, stop calling. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. I hear you. <laughs> right. So that was exciting. Um, it did go through the Senate here in New Mexico, and then it sat and waited on the House floor and unfortunately, our legislation closed before they got to it on the House floor. So it did not get voted in this year. It'll go right back on and be filed again next legislation. And hopefully we'll be signed in as a law. So that's a big bummer. But we worked really hard and got it out there and got the word out there. And hopefully next year will be our year. Okay, so what does that mean? So um, the world shut down paused everything, stopped everything that you had worked for. And now do you have to do the whole process over again? So when you say file, do you have to file it all over again? It has to go through all the hands oh. and all that. Mm -hmm. It'll have to be refiled um, next year in their legislation in January. It'll be a longer legislation next year. So hopefully it was so close. The next step oh, was the governor signing it. So we were, it's, it's such a bummer. And oh. when they're done, they're done. And I'm like, no, we won't dwell on it, but that was a bummer. Right. <laughs> oh right. Gosh. So, um, the exciting thing was to see the army of people that, that were behind this and wanted yeah. it in, into law. Um, so I really have faith that next year will be our year. Mm -hmm. There's several other States. Um, right now they're working on what's called Cole's law in Mississippi. This is their third year to bring it before legislation. Wow. And they are so close to getting it passed this year. Um, so I, I would encourage people to check their states and see right now, according to the National Down Syndrome Society, um, 30, 30, give or few states have a bill similar to this. Okay. So that means that 50 don't, I mean, sorry, 20 don't. 20, um, okay. so 
there's we still have a lot of work to do as the greatest country in the world, right? Right. Yes. Well, so. that's why I'm so excited we're talking about it because um just the continual doors to um different understandings as a person that keep opening up because I'm in this community, um, because I'm raising a child with a disability, I am now made aware of things that need improvement within the U S you know, and, um, that was a big one that I didn't understand. I would have just kept going, assuming that if for heaven forbid, we got in a car accident and Sunny needed an organ. I don't know how that all works, but needed an organ transplant that that would not be offered to her just as right. if it was offered to me or one of my sons. Like that right. just doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't seem right at all. Cause she is valuable, but because she has down syndrome it makes her life less valuable to receive an organ that it's just so wild to me Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. it's hard to even talk about because we know their value yeah and the and their humanity you know they're human she is love she is capable of loving she is capable of working you know there's just so much there that you just want to list off that you think how could this have ever been not an option I guess. Right. Right. And on the flip side, um, one thing that I had thought about is as an organ donor myself, I wouldn't want, I mean, obviously I would be dead, so it wouldn't matter. (laughs) But (laughs) if if I'm saying I want my organ to go to whoever needs it most, I don't want someone choosing on that side of it either. I want it to go who it deserves to go to, who needs it. And if it's a person with a disability, then so have so be it. They get it, you know, They get it. Don't skip over them in life. Yes. Yes. I know. I'd never thought of it like that too. And, you know, I think even that is a hard one of, um, we always are needing more organ donors. Like not Mm -hmm. everybody is an organ donor. It's so wild when you start like, really, I think even at my age, 37, I feel like now I'm just trying to, and I have children, I'm trying to think of the future. I'm trying to think of all this stuff. Even when I pass, like, what do I want to have happen to my organs? I'm an organ donor. I think at one time I was too scared to be like some Mm -hmm. silly rumors were going around that if you're an organ, organ donor, they won't try and like save you or whatever, you know, (laughs) it's like dry. It's like, it's so rumors, you know, why does that exist? Why do we worry about that? They're gonna, they have to try and save us. Right. Again, (laughs) this is my thing where I'm like, no, you guys, this is a non-negotiable, but, um, I am an organ donor now. And now that you say that, I'm like, yeah, if I'm saying I want to be an organ donor, that means to anyone who needs it. So now I feel mm-hmm. like it's my right to go and make sure that is being done fairly within my state, you know, because like it's, it's discrimination. 1010%. And, mm-hmm. um, I just love that moms and families of people who have a disability are leading the charge. Like our kiddos inspire us to do really big things. Were you in politics before this? <laughs> no, <laughs> not at all. 
<laughs> so has this been kind of a learning curve and just kind of a wild ride? Absolutely. I had to go back and like watch Schoolhouse Rocks to yes. figure out what happens next. And I'm like, tell me what I'm supposed to say. <laughs> you know, because the, the passion words. was there, but all the details I needed help with. <laughs> yes. So now say someone finds out that in their state, same as New Mexico, there is, um, is there not a law or is there, what are they looking out for? What are they looking for if they so, go? Um, in New Mexico, it's considered an anti-discrimination atomical gift. So um, that's how it's listed. So it's, it doesn't, it's not just for people with Down syndrome, it's for anybody with a disability. Um, so I would suggest seeing if their state has a protection law against discriminating if a person needs an organ. Um, and if they don't have that, they are more than happy to reach out to me and I will connect them with, I've been working with um, Wayne Pearl who helped us write up our bill. He's from Louisiana and he helped get all the wording right. And he has a daughter with Down syndrome and wanted to be, um, you know, a part of this. And he has put his smarts onto the paper and, and made sure everything's covered. And he helped us get the bill written up for Glory's Law. And he also did the same for um, Texas just recently passed theirs, which is called Daniel's Law. And it was just started by recently. Yes, listeners. we're in 2022. Yes. And just recently, Texas passed this law. I, I believe they just signed it with the governor in January. Wow. Just so I'm just still so shocked about like how much how much work is there to be done? specifically yes. for the disabled community and how much we just probably aren't aware of. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, you know, like in Texas, the, the lady Kathleen who started Daniel's Law, it was for her brother who needed a kidney transplant and was denied a kidney transplant mm -hmm. and passed away because he did not get it because he had Down syndrome. And she said, I don't want this to happen to any other family. Yeah. And you know, the, that's where I was like, we got to do something and we got to do it now because our kids are fragile and, and you never know what's going to happen or, you know, when they might get sick and need something. And I want to make sure that where I'm living, well, I, I want to make sure our whole America is, is safe for them yeah. and that people see value in their lives and I that they're know. worth living. Yeah. Well, I really, really appreciate the work and time that you're doing for this cause because um it's for glory and for literally millions yes <laughs> you yes. know within your state so it's a big deal I'm gonna for sure check out you said the National Down Syndrome Association Society, Society. the NDSS has a whole page on their website dedicated yes. to this Mm -hmm. and what states are still working on it in the process, what haven't, the ones that haven't started, the ones that already passed laws. So yeah, look up your state and see what you can do. It's, it's a lot of work, but man, yeah. it's worth it, right? It's worth it. And I feel like, I know for me, um, Sunflower and walking alongside her in life, she has really, um, empowered me to be brave and be strong 
and um, be an advocate for her, for her friends, for the whole community out there who um, need loved ones, neighbors, friends, um, family to come alongside them, not to speak for them, but to speak alongside them. And um, just like you were saying, your friend who has the gift knows the knowledge of how to write things, how to get things properly written so that when a senator reads it, it's the best possible. Um, We all have, that trickles down. We all have a piece in that pie. And just like you took the first step, simply because you found out some knowledge, you love your daughter, you could see how this could one day affect any of your children with Down syndrome. You took that step. And I just want to encourage all our friends and families out there who love a person with a disability to um, always know that you have great strength to do small and big things and a community that would come alongside you. You just have to reach out, you know, and Mm -hmm. it's probably exhausting at times. Like it was probably such a bummer to be so close to signing. Yes. Yes. (laughs) But you had a whole village behind you to keep encouraging you. And, um, I really believe that within the, I love that about our down syndrome community, but I love that this focus is not just that niche. It's like so much bigger than that. Right. Right. And everybody probably somewhere down the line is affected by a person with disability one way or the other, even if it's not your own child. Yes. This is literally everybody's, um, kind of fight to carry in some way or another. Well, um, we do something called good news, um, on our podcast. And would you like to share some good news about sweet glory? Um, I would just say that she is progressing so well. We found out a year after her being home that she was profoundly deaf. So we were very surprised by that. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we felt like we had learned a lot of things about down syndrome, but not necessarily about a child who is deaf and how to, to teach them and that kind of thing. So, um, as you know, sometimes kids with down syndrome, it takes a long time for them to learn things. They can do it, but it takes a long time. And she just in the last probably three months has blossomed and started signing more. And, um, she received a cochlear implant. So we're adjusting to that. So it's, it's exciting to see her, you know, really come alive and, yeah. And see her become her own person. You know, it's exciting. Yay, that is such great news. Um, and then lastly, Christy, cause I don't want to forget how can people contact you or find you social media, email, what would you like to share? Sure. We have a, a family Facebook page where we share a lot about our kids and adoption. It's called sellers, magnificent seven for our seven kids. And it's sellers S E L L E R S. So we would love for you to join on there. And we try to update about Glory's Law. We update about our kiddos and how they're doing and share a lot about our faith and adoption and what it means to us. So we would love to to have you. Yay. And we would love to follow you. Thank you so, so much for all that you do, Christy. And don't give up next year yes. just around the corner <laughs> I know I'm it feels keep... so far away right you can do it. I know I know you could totally do it and we appreciate you and give sweet glory a hug from all of us 
And your other kiddos too. There's seven of them. So I feel like I should say that. Give them each a hug. (laughs) We'll do that happily. (laughs) Thank you, Christy, so much. Thank you so much. So that's a lot to hold and to digest and to understand. I'm grateful that we were given some tangible steps, some actionable steps. Um, It feels less, that always feels great as a parent and easy steps. So I'm grateful, grateful for that. I'm grateful for them sharing their stories. It's tender and vulnerable. Um, And we here at the podcast are fighting for this as well right and yeah it just can't get enough of charlotte and her courage and willingness to put herself out there and tell her story over and over yeah i love that and i i really like listening to these interviews back to back because the national down syndrome society just a big shout out always Mm -hmm. to what the work that they're doing they're doing so much for down syndrome and they're just such a great a great organization. If you're not familiar with them, make sure you're following along on all their social media, get their newsletter. They just have so much rich, meaningful information. So I love that it's like one of the biggest hitters in the Down syndrome world, like globally. (laughs) And then we got to hear from a mom and just how important that is that like both pieces are so important and just to hear a mama's heart um, for her her child and how that like launched, launched her into such important advocacy. So we are it takes all of us, right? It takes all of us to make these big changes. So thank you to our guests. Um, we're gonna, we're just gonna wrap this one up because it was a lot of information. So um, thank you guys for doing those interviews. Mike and Mercedes, thanks to our guests for being on and sharing. Thank you to Josh Davis for editing this episode and to Valsh Leader for producing it. And if you like this episode, we would love for you to share it with family and friends. So do that. Don't forget to subscribe. And then what else? go to luckyfewpodcast.com. We've got our show notes there. There's important links here. So make sure you head over to luckyfewpodcast.com for all of those links and everything we talked about. And then make sure you're following along on social media at the lucky few pod. And hey, listener, you know what we're going to say to you? You (laughs) are slaying it. Slaying it. We love you. We're cheering you on. That's right. Have a great rest of your day, friends. See you later. 